But in those moments when we're looking through and we can't see the bigger picture, we don't know what's happening. We tend to question everything about God and his goodness and who he is and his character. I know I did that. And God's like, wait, hold up. You can only see through a straw. I see everything, the beginning from the end. Trust me. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. And this is the Pantry Podcast. Do you want a healthier spiritual diet? We're stocking the storehouse with spiritual nutrition, marinating on the word of God, and leading you to the meals that truly fuel a soldier of the Lord. And this is season nine, Obey. It's an acronym that stands for Obey Him Before Anyone Else. This season, let's look at how obedience and a lack thereof impacts our relationship with Him and with everyone else. Join us and friends from over 70 countries as we feast on Jesus, not junk food. You can even be a friend who keeps the show going. Become a partner at patreon.com slash the pantry podcast for just $5 a month. And now let's dig into this meal. Hey, what's up? Hello. <laughs> Again, it's exciting to are be you, here. Are you really? Always. Good. Always. Good. I mean, it's not even that I'm sitting in front of the camera. It's that I get to sit around awesome people who have conversation that yes. talk about the Lord, who just constantly just edify him. And yes. I think today we're going to jump into something really cool. And as I sit here thinking about this episode, I start thinking about freedom. Because mm. I think when we're talking about our season of obedience, we have to really, or no, we don't have to really, but I, I guess <laughs> it's good sometimes to sit there and say, wow, what have I been freed from? You right. know, it's like, wow, you know, like in. John 8 32 it says and I and you know the truth and the truth will set you free mm-hmm. and then you jump into Galatians 5 1 it says for freedom Christ has set us free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery and then John 8 36 jumps back in and says so if the son sets you free you'll be free indeed so my question is we're sitting here and I and I know the story that we're going to hear and I know about the story that we're going to hear and, and I'm going to ask a question for our listeners mm-hmm. right now I'm going to do it right up front what would you obediently give up, step back from, or commit to in this newfound freedom? What would you turn to or draw closer to in this newfound freedom? And I think that's a good place to start right here because we all end up giving up something or we end up going towards something. And it's not always the most comfortable thing to do. Right. And so today, let's tear into this, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things a lot of people talk about when they talk about obedience. They talk about what they have to give up. What's the cost? And one of the biggest ones and one we're going to be digging into in this episode with our super special guest is the idea of giving up and challenging our own perceptions and plans when we're called to obey God, when we feel him convicting us or when there's a new revelation, when we're reading the word or when there's a choice on the table and suddenly for the first time we we see something magnified that we didn't see before. So um, our special guest today is Kristen Clark and her and her sister, Bethany Beal, steward Girl Defined Ministries, and it helps women understand the beauty of God's design for them, that their identity is in him and that they can find freedom by walking in his truth. Through their blogs, videos, conferences and online webinars, they are building an online sisterhood where girls and women can find the encouragement and answers they're searching for. So welcome, Kristen. Yeah, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here and I can't wait to dig into this topic. Yeah, where where do you, when you hear what we've said so far, like where, because mm-hmm. you've had so many different experiences that we know of and that we don't know of, like where does your mind go first? The word that was popping to mind for me was surrender. Mm-hmm. And it's that same idea of that sacrifice, that giving up. But in my own journey, which I know we're going to get into some of that story I found the most freedom in that place of Mm. surrender. And it's not a place of giving up and getting nothing. It's of open hands before the Lord saying, you know better than me, God. And if you aren't giving me something, it's because it's for my greater good and your glory. And as I trust God in that, 
in that place of surrender for me, that's where I found the most peace um, and just the most fulfillment as I truly trusted the Lord. So yes, I resonate with what you're saying. It's not easy and it's only by God's grace that we can even do that, but we have to remember he has our good in mind, um, but it doesn't always look like what we think. Right, yeah. I think that, that that goes back to like the good versus God intentions, like right. what we think. And even it mm-hmm. maybe it's not ungodly what we the plan and trajectory we were on. But he's like, actually, I have something even better, but it's going to bring some discomfort. So I think that's, that's, that's a good. cool way to describe it. Surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a hard word for people. It's like yeah. uh, s- surrender, you know, OK, look, ex-military, look, surrender. Uh, that's yeah. the last word you put in your mouth. It's like the last, but you know, what's cool is in reality, if you were to compare that across the military to, um, Christianity or to our relationship, you know, Christianity has been blown out, but it was our relationship with Christ. Um, mm-hmm. we did get to that point, you know, we fought and we fought and we fought and we fought and we fought. And then finally it was like, mm-hmm. fine. A lot of us, not to everybody, but right. I say that, that's, that, that covers a lot. But we have to get to that point of surrender yeah. where we finally just say, OK, self die. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like we're waving the white flag of surrender to God and saying, OK, God, your way over my way. Like that's the biblical heart of surrender, right? Is like even Jesus, I think in the garden, the most beautiful picture of surrender saying, God, if it be your will, remove this cup from me. Like what he was about to walk into the crucifixion, bearing the weight of the world's sins. He asked God. God, if it be your will, take this away. But if not, not my will, but your will be done. Just a beautiful heart of surrender. And that is the heart that God wants for each one of us as believers. What kind of patterns have you seen in your life through all of these turns? And you can kind of deviate into telling some of your Mm -hmm. story. But like, what kind of things did you pick up on in yourself? Like, oh, this is this is an issue for me or or like this is an easier season when I can easily obey versus other times. Yeah. So going back in time to what you mentioned about modeling, that was like late high school, early 20s. Um, Over the years, I had had different agencies approach me about modeling for them. And just as a young girl, even I remember the first time I was like nine or 10 years old and an agency was trying to recruit me to come live with them, like in this big house up in Dallas, actually I'm from San Antonio. And they were like, yeah, we raised some of the top models and we want to recruit you to come live with us. And my mom was like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't know about this. Red flag. So, <laughs> yes, like mm, my parents um, are strong believers and were my whole growing up life. And so they raised me to to know the Lord and to be in the word. And I really appreciate that. And one of the pitfalls they saw in the modeling scene was just um, actually there were a lot of pitfalls, a lot of red flags that they had. And so they were never pushing me in that direction. But I remember since that point when I was 10 years old, the question kept rolling around in my head. You know, I wonder what it would be like to become a model. And I think for me, without even realizing it, I was searching for this next level of affirmation, of worth, of value. And in my heart and mind, I thought if I could only achieve that level of having the title of being a model, then I will have arrived, right? Right. Like I won't have any more insecurities. I will be so confident. Um, I will find all of my worth, value, dignity in this place. Um, And so in my early 20s, I was approached by another agency. They claimed to be pretty family friendly. Um, So I was like, wow, I think that some of my my Christian morals and standards could really jive with this agency. I don't think they're going to pressure me to do things that I'm not comfortable with. And so long story short, I took the job. I signed a one-year contract. And during that time, it was crazy because all of the things that I thought I would find 
in this industry, it was the opposite. I became more obsessed with my outward appearance. Um, I started comparing myself to every model that I would work with. You know, they would tell us, hey, you're in the running for this job. And if I wouldn't get the job, I knew some other model did. And so I was like, wait, what's wrong with me? Um, I'm not measuring up. What do I need to change? And so I just became more self-focused, more self-consumed, which led me to be less content. I'm less focused on Mm. others or even God and more focused on myself. I was truly trying to find my identity, um, my worth and my purpose in the wrong place. And it just, it wasn't leading me to a good place at all. I was kind of spiraling down. And so by the end of that year, I started to see this. It was like God was opening my eyes to see these truths. And I knew I couldn't continue on. And plus the agency was pressuring me more and more. Like if you don't take this job, like jobs I wasn't comfortable with, they were like, you're not going to advance and you're not going to help our, our business. You know, like you need to start taking these jobs. And they were really pressuring me, even though they said they wouldn't. So I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. I just don't think this is going to be a great long-term fit. And so stepped out of that. And that really, for me, it was a turning point where I had to decide, am I really going to own my faith and own digging into God's word for myself and discovering his identity for me as a Christian, as a woman, what he says in his word, you know, am I going to continue just kind of piggybacking on the faith of my parents, what I grew up with, or am I going to make this my own? And so for me, that was a pivot point of really I think owning my faith and digging into the word and wanting to discover, okay, what does it mean to be um, successful from a biblical standpoint? What does it mean to find my identity Mm -hmm. in Christ, to find my worth and value in who he says I am and not the world's applause? And so that was a big turning point for me, um, but that was early 20s. So I don't know if you want to get into later. I feel like (laughs) I got married and then there was a whole nother journey of infertility and then later came the adoption. A lot of life lessons I, and all of that. Though. <laughs> right. I actually think it's kind of cool that like you could take examples from the Bible right there. You were blind. And then all of a sudden here got Jesus is he mm-hmm. scooping up sand, spitting in his hand and putting it on your eyes and say, hold up, wake up. I'm going to, I'm going to take you somewhere else, right. which takes me into first Timothy four, eight, where it says for a while bodily training is of some value. Godliness is a value in every way. Uh, it is, yeah. it holds promise for the pre present life and also for the life to come. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that like in that turning point, it's because a lot of people don't. I mean, you came out of it clean, you know, ish. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. some yeah. people can roll yeah. down that road and, and that identity identity can take over and it can turn into a whole mess. But it also goes back to raising our children up. Mm-hmm. And, and as they grow older, what they'll turn back into the Lord. And so that was mm. a beautiful moment that I'm seeing in that, you know, you this this blindness being taken off and saying, you know, I don't need their opinions. I kind of need to start focusing on what God thinks of me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we actually recently had a guest on Tuan who talked about how it was actually he he was realizing recently now that he was done with one stage of striving, he had achieved some really big wins that he was actually finding it harder to obey in this happy like celebratory season than when things were a grind just because of how he was wired himself. And so you mentioned the infertility and I I know you've Mm -hmm. mentioned like 10 years of infertility before adoption. Do you find it or have you found it? Like it's easier to kind of submit or how you said surrender while Mm -hmm. you're in a season of, well, things are going good. You know, I'm getting kind of like the prayers are in alignment. I'm getting things, things are good. Or was it easier to kind of surrender when you had no control and things were pretty tough, you know, and you can allude however. Yeah. You know, it's, it's for sure in those times, those valleys, when you are being squeezed, when things aren't going according to your plan, when you're facing loss, um, grief, 
twists and turns that you never saw coming. It's in those moments that you realize how out of control you really are. And I love to be in control. I'm a very black and white type A kind of person. Like I love to have all my ducks in all the rows and the journey that God really took me on over this past decade. And even before that was one of really helping me see how, how I wasn't in control, like not out of control in the sense that yes, in life we have plans and we set a course, you know, we're not just lazy laying back, like let live and let God, like we (laughs) are intentional. Um, and that's good, but at the same time, recognizing like I, I was trying to control and manipulate so many things, especially during that journey of infertility. And it was in that season that God really helped me to see that he is ultimately the one in control. He has the plan. He holds the timeline. He sees the beginning from the end. Um, one of the things that I share in, in my recent book, not part of the plan is this idea that our lives All we can see is like, if you imagine looking through a tiny straw and you're looking around, like that's all we can see. Like that's the snapshot of our life is what's happening right now. It's a very small view, but in those moments when we're looking through and we can't see the bigger picture, we don't know what's happening. We tend to question everything about God and his goodness and who he is and his character. I know I did that. And God's like, wait, hold up. You can only see through a straw. I see everything the beginning from the end. Trust me, I'm in control. I'm working things for your sanctification, for your good and my greater glory. Even though you don't have all the pieces, you have to trust me. And so for me, that was that place during that that long season. And even to this day, I feel like I'm still in that journey of infertility. We're still praying and hopeful that things can happen, that we could have biological, biological children, even in addition to our wonderful adopted children that we love to death. Um, there's still surrender that's going on in my heart. But yes, I would agree that it's in those valleys that I really, I see my lack and I see my need for Christ more. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we span something a little bit too far for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we just, but no, but that's, that's good stuff because yeah. I mean, in the valleys is where we're going to find, you know, I, 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 I like the valleys. I'm kind of weird. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, cause you really, you my valleys. <laughs> cause you really, but you really dig in. It's like the closest you, you feel to God. I mean, you yeah, know, I, I get true. it. I, I stand up there and I'm happy and I'm going good. And, and it's like, you feel God. But then like when you're in the valley and you're in that crush, it's like, whoa, here you are. But when you were, when you were coming out of modeling, what did you, did you go into anything? Did you, was there, was there work? Was there marriage? I mean, yeah. how did it transpire? Cause I mean, we're talking about this Valley, but where's the, where were we at in life? Where were you at in life mm-hmm. yeah. during this Valley? Like what was going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So coming out of that and really, like I said, digging into the word, that's when I really started to grow. I think specifically in my understanding of my identity as a Christian woman. So as a Christian first, but then as a woman, like what does God have to say for me as a woman specifically? And so I kind of got on this kick of like really digging in and wanting to understand how God wanted me to live, how I could best glorify him in my womanhood. Cause I was seeing the worldly picture of that in the modeling industry where women are very objectified. Um, it's all about how you look. That is where your entire value is based is, you know, how beautiful you are physically. And so I was like, I want to swing to the other side. I want to understand God's heart for women and his design for women. So as I was digging into that, um, that also is when my husband and I got married was shortly after that. So probably like, I don't know, maybe two years later, so yeah, I had to have been in my early twenties in the modeling and all the dates run together now that I'm in my thirties looking back, <laughs> all the dates run together. But yeah, so my husband and I got married during that time. And then it was shortly after that my sister and I both had this passion to want to start a ministry for women kind of out of our own experiences as we continue to wrestle and try to understand God's plan and heart for women, his design, so many of the pitfalls and traps and lies that we had believed we wanted to kind of reach 
you know, back to the next generation, link arms with them and say, hey, yes, the world has a lot to offer. It's shiny. It's, a, you know, tempting, but it's not going to lead us to a place of true fulfillment and happiness. We can only find that within God's design. And so as we were growing and learning, that's when we founded Girl Defined Ministries. And so that's when that started. Um, and then that snowball just kind of kept rolling and God kept opening doors for lots of ministry opportunities. Um, and we still are doing that to this day. So yeah, that's kind of what was happening. That's what came out of that dark valley. And that's, and so that, that kind of like, that's, I wanted, I wanted yeah. that because what does that show? It shows a thorn, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yes. here we are, we're running ministry. We're doing God's work, you know, or you're doing it. You know, it, that's, that's kind of how work this ministry thing yeah. works. It yeah. is amazing. That's <laughs> why so I, I think I threw we in there, but it's, it should be like you since you're our guest. No, <laughs> but it's like, but it's like, you, here you are, you're in your ministry, you're rolling with this, you know, you're trying to divine womanhood, which we're going to get to in that. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be important for, for yes. our viewers to understand. But I think that it's important for them to understand you know, here you were pushing forward with God here. You were rolling with God here. You were, you know, trying to, you know, serving God and yet you still had this thorn in your side. And so that is where I think we see people come together in their relationship with the Lord, because here, you know, you didn't just sit back. I mean, I like that. I didn't just sit back and be like, okay, take the wheel. You know, Jesus, take the wheel. I hate this. Yes. I, 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 okay. In so many ways, it's true. But so many ways. It's like, Wait, it's more like I'm taking uh, the wheel and you're and you're the GPS. Yeah, there, uh, I like that. I like that. You know, I like, like I do have work to do. You're not. <laughs> God's not driving Miss Daisy right. today. You know, like right, right. And so here you are, your your sister, and you are doing the work, and, and so you're going through this season, and so it's amazing to hear how how that's produced itself. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think of, I was just saying this last night, it makes me think of Genesis 10, the king of Sodom and the king, um, King Melchizedek, the king of peace, right? And so they mm. both were there with Abram. And when Melchizedek gives Abram blessings and wisdom and Abram gives him an offering, then finally the king of Sodom speaks and he's like, I'll give you all these rewards. I'll give you all the spoils of war. Just give me the people. And what does that teach us about the Lord and the enemy? It teaches us that souls are really what matter. Mm -hmm. And that's really what both sides are vying for. And it's up to us in our wisdom to recognize the worth of a soul and the worth of the things that moths can destroy and act accordingly. And so I think that it's valuable what you what I'm glad you asked, like, OK, so what about all this time in between? Because Michelle <laughs> talked about like these two very far apart things. And in between, there's a lot of valleys and there's a lot of high mountaintops. And there are some fruits that grow at higher altitudes, but most grows when you're low. And I think that your ministry is one of those things. And, and that call mm-hmm. to obey him in acknowledging your identity like, I, I think that's something I want to I, I want to highlight is that you didn't just start the ministry like, oh, well, I didn't make it in modeling. I'll just start a ministry. It's right. your obedience in submitting to who he says you are and to the relationship with him spurred the inspiration and all the moving pieces that then resulted in the fruit of a ministry that has grown and grown and grown. And so it's not always that you're obeying by starting something new. Sometimes you're obeying by closing a door and then suddenly you can finally see one that's opened, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I think that that's really cool. And I I know you've also written lots of books or at least several and lots of e-books and things like that. Like, when did that come in this season of ministry? Like, what kind of promptings have you experienced over all of this time 
that that led you to not just, you know, the small starter ministry, but into all these different right. branches that you guys have? Yeah, it's so cool to see how God works because, you know, when you start something, you have no idea what's going to happen. And our heart from the beginning was just, Lord, help us to be faithful in this. And we really want to just leave the results up to you. Whatever happens, we want to entrust that to you. We don't want to force doors open that you're not opening. Um, We also don't want to be lazy and passive. Like we want to be intentional, like we've talked about. And so from the beginning, we just really started blogging and sharing our heart through posts, which was like a thing 10 years ago. (laughs) I feel like everyone's podcasting. It's changed, um, but still the heart (laughs) is the same. And so we were blogging and writing, you know, we were really consistent three times a week and building a social media following just through our content. Women who were attracted to the type of message we were putting out were starting to follow us. And it's so crazy because in that first year of ministry, a publisher found one of our posts that another site had posted. So it was like a guest post. And our publisher found it and emailed us asking like, hey, would y'all be interested in writing a book? We'd love to partner with you. We did not see the email. We like literally for weeks. And then when we finally came across it, we thought it was a junk mail, like junk mail. So we almost (laughs) didn't even respond. And so we were like, wait, I think this is legit. Oh yeah, I think, you know, cause you get all sorts of junk mail. We're like, I think this is real. So we responded and it was just so cool to see the partnership that God started from that point on with us, Girl Defined and our publisher. We've been with the same publisher. We've now, I think it's five books, our most recent one. Um, I mentioned it, not part of the plan, but our first one was actually called, is called Girl Defined. And so it was the heartbeat of our ministry. And so it was really exciting to get to put all of the things we were learning and growing in into a book and have a resource that we could then give to women and walk through with women, do studies. And the Lord just through our publisher kept opening more and more doors. So they were like, okay, yeah, we want to do another book. And we're like, okay, well, this is like, we never wondered what the next topic was. It was so cool because when our publisher said, we'd like you to sign another contract for another book, it was like, oh yes. Like we knew exactly what the topic needed to be based on what was really happening in the ministry and the questions we were getting from our community. We were like, yes, this is the topic. So it's just so cool how God works and Um, Yeah, one, a friend in ministry at the time, she'd been in ministry way longer than us. And she just said, don't force doors open that God is not opening. If you're Mm -hmm. longing for something in ministry, trust his timing, pray, pursue, but ultimately have that heart of surrender to trust that God knows best. And I feel like that was such a a key piece of advice because every year, the start of every new year, and we have a planning meeting and we talk through the year and goals and kind of um, bullseyes for that year for the ministry. But at the same time, we're like, okay, Lord, what you're going to do is what you're going to do. And we trust you with that. And that is if things go well, if they don't go well, you know, in this age, this day and age where things are, there's like a very clear line now being drawn between biblical truth and kind of secular ideas. And you really have to stand on one side or the other. I feel like, um, you know, there have even been a loss of some opportunities because of the truth that we mm. speak about what's in the word. And so even trusting the Lord with that, like he is committed to building his kingdom and he doesn't need our platform to do it. And so we even trust him if we lose followers, if we lose numbers, or if we lose sales because of other people speaking against what we're doing. So I think, again, that heart of surrender, I feel like that is just the key, like the theme woven throughout my life and ministry and my personal life. It's just what the Lord continues to press into my heart as being so important. That's such valuable stuff. I think that that's one of those things that it can be hard when you said you've lost opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes that's when when someone sees an opportunity and they know that obeying God or, or staying loyal to him might mean losing it. That's when they feel it's toughest to follow him. They're like, 
sometimes they almost want to lean back on grace and say, well, he'll forgive me. Mm. But it's really not about being in his good graces or not. It's about what is the ultimate best? Where is your purpose actually? Where is the best thing for you, for for all people? Um, And it's a thing that's going to bring God glory. So I think that that's an important thing for people to kind of take out of that. Yeah, I, I I sit there and I listen to this whole thing and I hear about the submission and I hear about going through. I like what I liked in that too was pray and, and proceed. Mm-hmm. I actually have a thing that I say pray pause proceed. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I always got stuck at pause. I used to call it pause pray proceed, and then I get stuck at pause, forget to pray and not proceed. <laughs> so, so, so I had to I had to change it around a little bit. It, it works for me. No, <laughs> but it's but it's like you're 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 praying, you're proceeding, right? And you're and you're also listening. You know, that obedience to God, the obedience to have an ear that hears what the spirit is saying to its church. Um, and then a willingness to die on that cross daily, you know, and, and, and losing engagements or losing those encounters because you're like, no, I, I'm going to be hated for Christ and it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to allow that reflection to be on him and not on me. Now in that moment though, cause I mean, we're all human. We all go through things. Right. Are you getting, are you good at, getting better at or still working on really good about like getting that reflection. Like it comes at us. Cause I mean, it comes at us and then, oh, like, yeah. and then it's Don't either, sometimes me. we can be like, Boop. <laughs> sometimes it's like, right. So how, how are you doing that? How do you put that together as a, as a, as a girl defined mm-hmm. through obedience to, to turn off the focus of you and leave it to God? Yeah. How oh man, that? that has been a hard journey for me. I'll be honest. I, I struggle with fear of man. So I struggle with elevating man's opinion over God's opinion. And I struggle with wanting to please man um, and receive the praise of man over doing something faithfully for God's glory. Um, That's a struggle for me. And it's something God is consistently continuing to work in my heart. And I will tell you the pushback that we've received um, in ministry online, you know, because it's so easy for people to sit behind a screen and say all the most hateful things they could possibly think of to you. But it's not to your face. And so somehow, if they, you know, it's okay, I guess. It's how people think. And so we've received some horrible emails, lots of comments, videos made about us, just mocking our beliefs and our views. And there have been many times where I'm like, okay, I just want to stop. Like, I want to be done. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Um, this is uncomfortable. I really don't like these mean things people are saying about me and my husband. They don't even know my husband. You know, I'm just like, this is not fun. And I feel like the Lord over and over again just kept reminding me, like, who are you serving? Who are you serving? Like, I'm serving you, Lord. I am here for you. I am doing this for your glory, for your kingdom. Um, and just the Lord continuing to remind me to realign my my heart focus um, and to fear him, to fear him in a healthy sense of the word fear over a bad sense of the word fear of fearing man, like fear the Lord, um, reverence the Lord. And when he is so reverenced in my heart, when my heart is focused on truly serving him, then yeah, it's not fun. I don't think anyone enjoys being criticized or having hateful things said about them or people saying like, oh, I hope you get run over by a bus tomorrow. It's like, okay, (laughs) that's never fun. But at the same time, I know my identity is not found in what people say about me. And I know my purpose is to serve the Lord. And so when I keep my purpose at the front of my mind and just ask the Lord for grace to, to step forward graciously, even in some of those interactions, you know, a lot of times you're just hearing things you're not necessarily there's no conversation there's no interaction with people saying it um but just to hear those things and go okay i'm not trying to please them i'm trying to please the lord um that has really helped me to keep my focus where it needs to be i'm gonna follow on because because we're we're, hey look we're in girl defined (laughs) we're in christian womanhood right yeah how how does your husband's spiritual headship 
mm-hmm. play into all of this? Because I think that's important to understand as well in the conversation that we're having. Yeah. Because we, uh, I'll be real, I, I end up being <laughs> a, a, a listening post and, and, you know, <laughs> and, and a prayerful post. And I just ask, you know, so if you don't mind sharing, you know, how does your yeah. husband play the, the role in his headship in the house? Yeah. Um, so specifically, like, are you saying with ministry or more in our marriage or just, just like in all your marriage? Out? Like, cause okay. When you're reflecting all this, like, yeah. okay, we, we go through things. I, I mean, I'm married. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and so, so men know what we, mm-hmm. and, and the differences between men and women. I mean, biblically, you know, we could sit there, we teach this all the time. It's like, you know, men don't know how to love women, don't know how to respect. <laughs> and if I do right. that by myself, sometimes I get beat up, but, <laughs> but, uh, how, how, how has he been? Cause I think it's important. How do you, how do you tap mm-hmm. into that? Yeah. I think in, in those moments of when you're fighting self. Yes. Yes. Well, he has been, I will say a huge anchor, um, just his leadership in helping me stay anchored in truth. I tend to be very emotionally responsive to things and him just being a very even healed, um, very grounded in the scriptures, grounded in truth kind of man him praying for me, having a place like in my marriage where I can go and share a lot of these struggles. I will say with some of the comments and videos that have been made about us girl defined, um, you know, my husband, I think in a righteous anger is like, okay, you know, where are they? Let me ask. (laughs) Husband (laughs) likes to see that kind of stuff being said about your wife. So I think there's part of him that's just like, oh man, if I ever meet this guy in person, (laughs) but you know, he wouldn't really do anything bad. He's just like, "Uh, it's hard for him, but he has been Um, such a good leader in leading me in truth and reminding me of truth. And in those moments, being someone who listens and like, okay, yeah, tell me all about it. Like I want to hear about it. And then gently, um, you know, commiserating with me in some sense of the word, like, yeah, man, that is really hard. Um, But helping me realign my identity back in Christ. And so, yes, I feel like I would be a really bad single woman because (laughs) of how much I appreciate my husband and how, how his leadership has really been a huge blessing and encouragement in my own life as a woman, as his wife. I I just want everybody to know how I navigated that because I don't necessarily know (laughs) (laughs) Kristen's opinion on these things. I was kind of walking it like, ah, eggshelling it. (laughs) Was why I knew. I was like, she's totally fine. She's totally fine with that. And I I think that's one of those things. A friend of ours who's been on the show, her name's Ashley Okada. She said, now she got married at 19 and now she's 20. So she's like, young and in the thick of it now. But one of the things she recently said was um, that she's a big fan. She was a big fan of marrying young because she's like, I didn't want to live this life where I got to do what I want to do for all these years. And I was like my own steward and then go have Mm. to submit to someone like new. She's like, I was fine since I already found this great guy. Like I didn't settle, but I already had this great guy. Why like go off and live my own life all by myself and throw away Mm -hmm. this good thing just for the sake of this freedom the world says is great she's like I have freedom in my marriage but it's just it just looks different yeah and freedom looks different when you're single when you're married when you're a man when you're a woman when you are a mother when you're a father when you're a pastor when you're a ministry leader um freedom comes and looks different in every season Mm -hmm. and I think the world tries to keep freedom in this box like this anarchy Mm -hmm. box kind of like like freedom is anarchy don't you want Mm -hmm. your own anarchy um 
And and I'm I'm very interested. One thing I've been wondering this whole time is like you seem even in your 20s, you said your parents were believers and you said even in your 20s, like you knew after a year of this modeling thing, like this was not for you. The answer was not to get better than these women and prettier than them. It was to get out, to run Mm -hmm. away because this was not good. Um, Where like, do you have a defining moment um, that you could kind of point to or, or maybe it was just little by little, but a defining moment where you realize like. God's way is the best and it always will be. And so I'm going to do my best to kind of just do what he wants. You know, like, yeah. did, did you have this moment? It seems like it would have had to be like as a teen. But like, what was that moment that that shifted your mindset? Yeah. You know, I wish there was one big mountaintop moment for me. It wasn't. <laughs> it was more slow moments over time throughout high school, I would say for sure. Um, of just even walking through things with my friends, friends who are walking through some really hard things or even making choices and, and kind of wanting to make some of those choices too, that necessarily weren't in line biblically, but my, and my parents kind of stepping in like, Hey, here's why that's not a great choice. Like, let's look at God's word. Like they were one thing I really appreciate about the way my parents discipled me and my siblings is they would take time to explain the why. And I think a lot of parents just say like, okay, do this and just obey, you know, and even in the church, like this is just the right thing, just do it. And my parents were really intentional to help us understand why, like, why does God care about this? Why does this matter? How does this fit into the bigger picture of the gospel? And I feel like for me, that was huge, even though I was still growing and learning and, you know, okay, yeah, I want to believe this for myself, not just because my parents had taught me this, um, understanding the whys really helped me to see there is a bigger picture here. Mm. God isn't just a killjoy in the sky saying, walk this path of righteousness. Like there's a bigger plan he's after, a bigger purpose. Mm. And as I saw that, it's like my view of God was changing from not just a God who has rules and regulations, you know, like a pharisaical God, but a God who genuinely loves his people, who came down and died for his people, who sacrificed like that's the type of God that I'm following and serving. And so when he says something's good, he has a greater reason for why he's saying it's good. And I want to dig in and try to understand why. So it was lots of little moments throughout high school, which then continued on into my early twenties. But I would say for sure, after that modeling experience, um, that is when I feel like my life really took a turn. And I was like, okay, this is the course. Like I set my face on the course that I wanted to go down. And it was the path of following God wholeheartedly. That's kind of cool. Cause I mean, look, grafting, you don't go and hack the limb off. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of, a lot of people want that, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, we, we, I, I get it with my testimony sometimes. And it's like, no, I like your testimony. <laughs> I, I, please, please. I have a daughter. Please, Kalia, follow the testimony of these people that we interview that are like, you know, it's just subtle over time. Please. Right. <laughs> we don't need a hacking in of the, right. of the grafting Cause, there. Cause the, the, the one mountaintop moment tends to be you slamming from the mountain to the rockest bottom yes. ever of despair. So, so we, we I, look, I applaud you. Yes. I, I do. And, so, and your parents. And it's beautiful how the grafting in is how the parents are and, and how we, we grow you know, in that to bear fruit, you know, when we're in Christ, we bear fruit outside of Christ. We don't bear fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, as a mom now, right. With your children, how much more relevancy do you see scripture bounce off the pages at you (laughs) as now you are, are watching over, you know, two, two children. Yes. It's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about new levels of surrender. It's been so interesting though. So I've only been a mom. So my husband and I will be married for 
11 years this coming summer. And I've only been a mom for one year. And our boys are 11 and seven because we adopted them from Ukraine at 10 and six. And so to be, to long for something for so many years and to really surrender that desire and trust God with his greater plan, even though, you know, we pray for children, we pray for children every single day, like, Lord, Mm -hmm. you say, this is a blessing. We will continue asking you for this. And um, crying out for this until one day you just maybe slam the door shut. And it's like a very clear no for us. It was never a no. It was just, okay, await and, and see. And so now becoming a mom through adoption, something I never saw coming. I never had planned. Um, God really did a 180 in my heart, even to get me to a place where I was open to adoption and excited about it and then passionate about it. Um, that was like such a work of the Lord in and of itself. But now being a mom, for these one, this one year and having kids who, when they first came into our house, they could not speak any English. And so talk about like my vision of what I always imagined motherhood would be was like a baby and starting out with a baby and then kind of going from right. there. And so now I have these two boys, my husband and I, and they're older. So they're like to a place where they can really understand a lot of deeper concepts and they're w- working through things and wrestling with things. And it was the hardest thing for me and my husband to not be able to fully communicate what we mm-hmm. wanted to share with them, to sit down and really help them understand the scriptures and like the whys behind some of the things that we were setting up for them, even boundaries or like why we went to church on Sunday, why we would read the Bible in the morning. Like they didn't fully understand that. And that was the hardest thing for me, honestly, to have these children that I loved so much and was loving more and more every day, but not able to fully communicate to them the things of the Lord. Um, By God's grace and thankfully with a lot of hard work on their part and ours, they are now not fluent in English, but they're getting there. Like they can understand Mm -hmm. a lot now. That's cool. And so we've just had, um, it's been such a joy to be able to sit down with the word and like all the things I remember my parents teaching, even like those little songs I would sing. I'm like, it's all coming back. (laughs) Like I've been out of this season for so long, but it's all coming back. And it's just so exciting to see their interest in the word, their interest in God. They didn't know much about God before. They weren't taught a lot about God in Ukraine. And so for them to to learn about God and the savior and even sin and like brokenness and why we do bad mm. things. And, mm. um, you know, Jesus came to restore our relationship with him. He took our, our punishment upon himself, like just so many amazing conversations, you know, in kind of basic theological terms right. <laughs> that oh, they can absolutely. really grasp onto, but the gospel essentially, and for them to see that and to be excited and want to grow, like there's an eagerness there. That has truly been like one of the sweetest things about motherhood that I didn't really anticipate. Man, I love when people answer that question beautifully. I know. <laughs> like, like it's like, because we sit there in these positions, not saying we're gods, but we right. are in that position like God is with us. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, here, here you have your two boys, right? Two boys. And, and it's like, yep. they're milk. You know, it's, it's milk. And here, here you are in a position you're like, and it's so exciting to see them start to grasp it little by little. Imagine our father who sits there and says, right. oh my gosh, they're starting to get this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we're yeah. in that position. And that's kind of where we say, okay, watch, even with a newborn, right? You're in the same position. It's kind of ironic or, I know. or cool I was or cool yes. that you're in that same position of like, they don't understand nothing you're saying. <laughs> they, now they do not take care of themselves, put on their clothes and stuff. So, so, right. but, but it's like, here you are explaining life. Because mm-hmm. life is in Christ. Life is in the word of God. It's not in this world. They've known the world. But now you're giving them life mm-hmm. and you're starting to, di- di- you know, dissect this for them and, and give them little bits. Non-theological. Look how important this is, people. 
We fight over theology all the time. Okay, back to back to the program. Okay, <laughs> anyways, stop fighting over theology. Um, and, and let's get to the basics of this. And it's beautiful to hear that story that they're starting yeah. to grasp this mm-hmm. and they're starting to just take it on. And it's beautiful. I oh. know. I, I, I love talking about obedience and kids <laughs> because, and especially because of what we touched on with the testimonies, like some people, they're like, I don't have that high top moment. Like me and Shay, we both have high top moments. We're both hard heads, so we have multiples, but each one (laughs) brought us a little closer until we finally made it. Um, But what I love about stories like yours is the consistency and the Mm. inconsistency in the sense of Mm. it's not like anyone had a formula on the calendar of today our kids get a biblical lesson based on what they did today about this thing. Like you have to kind of go with the flow. It's inconsistent Mm -hmm. when you're going to have to bring out a lot of what you've learn from the Lord and when you won't need much today versus there's this consistent, the answer is always the Bible. The answer is always the word. The Mm. answer always comes from the same place. The answer is going to have truth. It's not going to change based on where your parents are at in, in their, you know, discovery of whatever it's like, though they go to the word. And when you go through your life, that consistent, inconsistent kind of you know, paradox is what has brought you to a place. I had one verse for this episode and I was like, it's going to come in. It's going to matter. That's always what God does. And this time it was Matthew 25. Um, It says, you have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Hmm. And I think that um, sometimes we might read that and see, because this is part of the parable of the talents where, you know, this kid over here has got five and he, and he gets five more, this one, three, three more, this one, none, boo you. Right. And everyone's like, Oh, if I don't multiply on this, like boo me. And so they're so focused sometimes on the multiplying that they don't realize that it's the desire to grow and the desire to steward and the trust in faith in the Lord that actually is what brings you into the joy of your master's presence. Hmm. And I think that that's something that your story has shown throughout this whole thing is there's been hardship, right? Of course, there's been Mm -hmm. pain, there's been struggle. There's a lot we didn't articulate here, but people can just imagine it. You know, years and years of waiting, tons of comparison, teenage struggles, female struggles, marriage struggles, all these things that we didn't go Mm -hmm. into the nitty gritty of, but they're there, they're present in your story. And yet that one common thread is what has kept you multiplying on what the Lord gave you in the first place. You're multiplying Mm -hmm. on that truth that he gave you in the first place by just steadfastly turning. You say this all the time, the obedience of just turning back to God. You might not know what he wants today, how he wants it. Does he want it sunny side up or scrambled? But you're going to turn to him and say, I heard you want eggs. I'm going to do some eggs for you. We're going to figure it out. You know, and I think that that's amazing um, in what in what you've said today. Mm, Yeah, just that constant trust. Um, You know, I feel like if someone had told me when I got married, then what the next decade would look like, like, Hey, Oh yeah. You have this perfect vision of what you think your family's going to look like. And Oh yeah, you're going to get pregnant easily. No problem. Um, you're going to have these perfect little kids that look just like you. And it's going to be this rainbow world. Like, no, like if someone had told me, Oh, you're going to actually face three miscarriages. The third one's going to be really hard. Like they're all hard, but like the most gut wrenching, um, you're going to have years and years of infertility where you're not even going to get pregnant and doctors are going to have no answers. 
um, oh, and then there's going to be a pandemic. And in the midst of the pandemic, God's going to change your heart toward adoption. And then in the middle of a pandemic, you're going to go to Ukraine and adopt one year before war breaks out. And it's just like, I would have been like, no, 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 no. Like, can I get a different life, please? And it's just amazing right. how at that point in time, if I had known all of those pieces, it would have been overwhelming. Like I, I could not have handled it. Um, and I would have thought that is the worst life ever. But as I stand now today, looking back on the past 10 years, and I see what the Lord has done, I see his faithfulness of what I felt like was nothing. Like you're saying, like just these meager little efforts of just every day, like Lord, help me to trust you, like in those valleys, in those hardships and how God has multiplied that into so much fruit, more than I could ever imagine. And the life I never wanted in a sense back then, I never would would have wanted this life. It's like, this is the life God had for me. And there is so much beauty and fruit found when we trust him, when we wrestle and go to him with our struggles. And then, like you said, turn back to him in obedience. Like, wow, that is the abundant life walking with Christ, even if it looks drastically different than what we ever would have imagined. Wow. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. So, so much unpacked in, in this, in this amount of time. And yeah. it's been beautiful to, to hear all of this and how God has played a role like centered in your life mm-hmm. um, as a, you know, girl defined mm-hmm. woman. I, 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 one day we'll have to talk about that on another one, but yeah. I, mean, cause yeah. I, think, I just think it's awesome. Uh, you have so much to say. Uh, so for our women or our men out there, mm-hmm. I, I, cause this, this conversation is not driven just to men or to women. Right. This is, mm-hmm. this is a, dri- a driven conversation to the relationship yeah. uh, with Christ. Yeah. If they're going through something right now that they're not completely a hundred percent sure of yeah. real quickly, what would you tell them? I would say anchor your heart in the character of who God is. Mm. That was the thing after my third miscarriage, when I was at the lowest point ever spiritually, I felt um, things I had never felt about God. Like I felt angry at God. I was questioning his goodness. Um, i had never been in a place like that. And for me, the thing I needed most, um, because, you know, we can say, trust God, trust God. But if we're not anchored in who God is, in his character, who he says he is, and we're not truly believing that, then we can't really trust him because we don't really know him. And so for me, I had forgotten who God really was. And I was believing these lies I was feeling. And even in those emotions of grief, um, I knew I had to turn to the Lord in an intentional way. And so I just, one day at a time, I found this 30 day study on the names and attributes of God. And it was really just a chart. And I would pray through one day. I would just take one name or attribute. I would look up the scripture and I would say, God, help me to believe this about you. This is who you say you are. I want to believe it. Help me in my unbelief. And I am telling you one day at a time, it was like God took me from that valley and just lifted me up through um, the names and attributes of who he says he is. And every and one day at a time, as I took those steps in faith and just believed him, it was like he completely revived my heart. And so for anyone listening who's in that place of struggle, of doubt, of questioning, walking through a valley, walking through a, a season of grief, don't forget who the Lord is. Anchor your heart in his character and that will sustain you. Mm, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Um, the last thing before we go, just so that people know where they can get more of these amazing gold nuggets, um, let people know how they can get in touch with you guys, how they can get more from Girl Defined. Yeah, we have so many free resources on our website. So like, even if you never buy a single thing from us, like we have so many free resources at girldefined.com. It's just girldefined.com. Um, lots of free downloadables. We even created a free prayer guide to help you walk through the names and attributes of God at girldefined.com slash God. So something free that we created after we wrote our book, Not Part of the Plan. 
We talked about that. I shared this portion of the story in that book and we just wanted to offer something free where anyone listening goes, I need that, I want that. Like, okay, here you go, here's a plan. You can start today. Um, we're also on Instagram, on YouTube, just youtube.com slash girl define. We have a podcast as well called the girl define show. Um, yeah, we love to connect. We love to connect through email, through our website on social. We're all about connecting. Our ministry is obviously geared toward women. Um, we say that we, that since God designed us, he defines us, right? The one who designed right. us is the one who defines us. So we're all about defining every part of our lives according to his word and how we yeah. practically live that out as modern women today. So yes, we would love to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. For everybody listening, all of those links will be in the show notes and you can get them and all the verses that we covered, all the all of that good stuff at thepantrypodcast.com. So until next time. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Pantry Podcast, part of the Spark Podcast Network, now playing on the Edify app. Now let's dig into the meal.